Welcome back to episode 144 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 9. The Game Week 8 was quite interesting, but we've all forgotten about it now after a couple of weeks off. 10-man Spurs scraped to win at Luton, Chelsea won, Everton got a big win against fellow strugglers Bournemouth, Man United made a Fergie time comeback to beat Brentford who were struggling, then a few draws on Sunday before Arsenal came out on top against Manchester City in a game they won't be showing back on the Premier League years. I'm recording this episode on the 17th of October on Tuesday at around 7.30 in the evening, purposefully to shield myself from having to watch the England game. That means any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Jack Harrison, Cole Palmer, Konstantinos Simikas plus a few more so let's get straight into it. As always let's have a look at our waiver table and a look at waiver watch from game week 8. So the main players you guys were bringing in were Huang Hee Chan, Armando Brozier, Kufal, Gayi, Ward and Mudrik. The players making way were Kabore, Chilwell, Colliosho, Beto, Kudus and Martinez. That's Lissandro Martinez. On to the fixtures. Now, a pretty good time to say now that one of the new things on the site for paid up members is our fixture difficulty rating table, which has been long in the offing. We've been trying to get this out for a little while now. Um, we'll continue to tweak and update it. It's a uh, it's a sort of multifaceted table. So you've got two uh, two tables to look at. There is uh, one when considering the attackers and one when considering the defenders. So for the defenders, mainly based on clean sheet percentages, which is based off of our model, the same one that we use for our expected FPL points. And on the flip side, yeah, it's basically just looking at the fixture and the odds of a win which for now we're using as our sort of surrogate marker for choosing your attackers. So uh, it's all nicely colour-coded. We'll continue, as I said, to make updates to that as the season goes on. That is now live and ready to test out. Now, when you look at that fixture difficulty tracker, one of the things you'll notice straight away is that Aston Villa have got some uh, some nice green boxes on there for their upcoming games. So West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away and Fulham at home in the next four. Very, very nice. Probably up there as one of the best runs uh, in the league at the moment. And so lots of their players will be popular. And I've got a couple of them later on in the pod. Next is Bournemouth. They've got Wolves at home this weekend, then Burnley at home in the next two. Now, Iriola surely has to be under immense pressure to come away with a couple of positive results there to get their season started. They've scored just five goals this season, which is the fewest in the league. And definitely not what I was expecting when I previewed Bournemouth in pre-season. So far, I haven't really seen them uh, be able to put it all together. They've been patchy in their pressing, generally poor at the back, um, which isn't really a great recipe for winning games. Given those fixtures both being at home, I expect some Bournemouth punts to roll in around the league this week. But yeah, not one you'd put your house on. Another team that looks uh, quite a standout when you look at our fixture difficulty tracker is Liverpool. They've got the Merseyside derby this weekend at home to Everton. They've then got a home game to Forest, away to Luton, and then another home game against Brentford in game week 12. 
So yeah, again, very nice. Obviously going to be fewer options there than some of the other teams, but uh, another one to keep an eye on. In terms of this week, uh, United go away to Sheffield United. Don't expect them to come away with the result despite their struggles. Uh, Brentford are at home to Burnley. They're in drastic need of a result because they've started the season very poorly. Um, and elsewhere, Forrester at home to Luton. Again, I expect Forrest to boss that game. And out of all the teams we've mentioned, maybe aside from Bournemouth, plenty of Forest options available in the waiver pile. Let's get into the main picks. Always nice to chuck out a goalkeeper when there is one to talk about. And that is Strakosha this week for Brentford. So Flecken reported to be out for around six weeks with um, some sort of illness. My educated guess is that he's picked up glandular fever, in which case he has to avoid sort of heavy contacts for around a month during his recovery. So definitely a consideration for larger leagues as Burnley at home next is definitely um, worth starting him for. Flecken obviously remains a hold as he's not going to be out for that long in the grand scheme of things. The Aston Villa defence is the key uh, defensive group to highlight this week, but just the two clean sheets so far. But, you know, West Ham at home, Luton at home, no real better chance to add to that over the next couple of weeks. And I think the likes of Concert and Pau Torres will no doubt see their ownership climb. Um, Cash is very highly owned. You won't find him in many waiver piles. Likewise with Luca Dina. Um, so, yeah, I think Concert and Pau Torres are the ones... Um, that you may find, but again, their ownership has been creeping up too. As is the theme this year, that sort of lower lower mid-tier of midfielder is where really where these weeks are won and lost. And I've got a number of, uh, of options to discuss now. I'm going to start with Jack Harrison, a familiar draft player, uh, familiar draft OG from the last few years, returns to the fray for Everton now, having played half the game in game week seven, straight into the starting lineup against Bournemouth, um, and got his first goal, assists, clean sheet and full three bonus points for a very tidy 14 points on the week. Now he's got 40, that's 4-0 attacking returns over the last three seasons, 21 goals and 19 assists um, when he was at Leeds. The only thing with Harrison, and it's something that um, I have to bear in mind for a few of these upcoming picks, is that Everton have quite a tricky little fixture run to navigate now, not least with that away game at Anfield this weekend. The next game really that you fancy them for on paper Possibly not until December now, but that last game um, could be a sign of a change of uh, form and not many teams will want to face them at the moment, particularly if they go and come away with some sort of result away at Anfield. Next is Jensen, annoyingly hard to ignore, now sits well clear of the likes of Vissa and Mbumo in terms of Brentford FBL assets. Averaging just under six points per week, he's been a very reliable performer so far and there will be opportunities for more, especially this week with a home game against Burnley, which they will be desperate to win after a string of disappointing results. Now, look, I would still very much prefer um, Mbumo or Vissa if I had the options, but if you fancy Brentford to do well this week, then Jensen is available in around a quarter of average size leagues. To Chelsea, and a player with uh, very good availability is Cole Palmer. He's available in 70% of 10-team leagues, potentially one of the big waiver heroes this year, as he was almost universally undrafted, and now finds himself quickly becoming a Chelsea starting eleven mainstay. We've got virtually no Premier League data to model our expectations this year, but so far he's got three attacking returns in his first two starts. Similarly with Harrison, Chelsea have some very tough fixtures coming up now. Um, and apart from Brentford at home in game week 10, not really an easy game on paper until December. The big thing we learned last week is that when on the pitch, Palmer is potentially the man when it comes to penalties. And when Sterling is on the pitch... 
Chelsea are probably going to win a few more this season, which gives him a nice baseline number of points and goals to rely on, um, you know, and a way into the points, even in relatively tough games. So, yeah, a player I like and a player who I think ownership will massively surge this week. Now, if you weren't sure, we at Draft FC are still very much team Anthony Gordon and a little week off in the yellow card sim bin isn't enough to put us off. 0.6 goal involvements per 90 is excellent, though we do have to acknowledge the stat padding that came from that 8-0 win at Sheffield United. I will just mention here while we're on that subject that Isaac hardly featured in that game and so has very little stat padding to show for it, which makes his one goal involvement per 90 um, one expected goal involvement per 90, a very impressive output so far this season. But anyway, Gordon is currently sat on two goals, four assists, and with the injury to Barnes, his pathway to the starting eleven remains fairly unimpeded, though I don't really think it was even when Barnes was fit because he's been that good. Ownership remains high, but I can see from our data that he was dropped in a few leagues out there, so he could be free in yours. Now, this player is virtually going to have to get his own uh, his own section, his own weekly segment on the pod, uh, and that's Wang Hee Chan for Wolves. Um, say has to be the most discussed player on the pod this year. But another goal and good fixtures means we have to continue to highlight him. Away to Bournemouth, then Newcastle at home and Sheffield United away isn't a bad upcoming trio of games. Five goals from the opening eight is great, though the underlying stats would suggest that the uh, the hot streak could end soon. Either way, expected goal of arms per 90 is a very respectable 0.52, which is is not bad to punt on at all to West Ham now and Mohamed Kudus. Now I'm looking forward to him being one of my main I told you so players at the end of the season right alongside Anthony Gordon. People are starting now I think to wake up to the talent after his goal last week. The only thing that stands in our way is the footballing stalwart that is David Moyes. For me they have to try playing him uh, without Antonio up front. Um, to try and work both him and Bowen into the starting eleven, He's genuine star quality and the sort of player that can make the difference in a tight game. They'll be hoping to keep themselves in the game against Villa at the weekend, um, as that will be a tough test, and I would love to see him get a start. Hop, skip and a jump across North London and to Spurs and Brennan Johnson. Now, I do need a bit of further injury news to know exactly what's going on here, but with Manor Solomon's injury keeping him out for a while, Johnson is the main and potentially only rotation option uh, and potential starter in the front line. Whether he starts or comes on, he'll get a decent run out in most games. Song continues to play through some sort of niggling injury, and Richarlison still hasn't quite got into the zone. The fact we saw him play a bit on the left uh, in that game against Arsenal also means that Johnson is possibly the most versatile of all the Spurs attackers and could fill in at a moment's notice should any of the others miss out. And then the lone striker that I'll mention in the main section is Chris Wood. With Awani set to be out for a little while, paves the way for him to start a few more games for Forrest. I'm not particularly thrilled with him as an option, but it is Luton at home. And he's almost in gem territory with very decent availability across most league sizes. Given the way the striker pool is stretched, I know a lot of you out there will be streaming strikers for one or two week stints. Um, I think having Chris Wood for a couple of weeks is not a bad shout. Sticking with Forrest into the hidden gem section and, um, well, really it's their defence in general apart from Willy Bully and Serge Aurea, though Aurea is an injury doubt. Sounds like he will miss the game against Luton at home. Uh, I fully expect Murillo to continue in there and I think the whole um, so I think the whole defensive line will be mopped up in the waivers and free agents this week. I'd currently be assuming that it's Murillo and Bolly at centre-back. Toffolo 
um, to continue on the left. And given Aurea's likely miss, um, probably Gonzalo Montiel on the right. But yeah, maybe one where we do have to wait and see what the uh, what the press conference news is as to who you might want to who you might want to bring in there. Elsewhere, Zaniolo for Villa is a shout. Um, sounds like Ramsey had a bit of an injury setback, so we'll probably see Zaniolo for a couple more weeks. And uh, and for Liverpool, the only other one that I'll throw out there is is Graven Birch, who again we've not seen very much of at all in the league. But from what I have seen, um, I do quite like the look of him, and I think he will find his way in the starting eleven sooner rather than later. Most hidden gem pick this week currently has nine percent ownership in 16 team league so he just creeps in and it's that time of year again it comes around once probably twice each season whenever Andy Robertson becomes uh, an injury doubt and it seems we're here again with Robertson picking up a shoulder injury on international duty the thing that feels different now though is that um, the Liverpool wing back position and particularly the left wing back position isn't really the cash cow that it used to be he's only got one goal so far and Liverpool have kept just one clean sheet all season at home to Villa in game week four it means that the position um, with with Robertson there is averaging just three points per game which is very disappointing for a player taken uh, around the fourth round on most draft days according to our data but for a 16 team league I don't think you can turn down the prospect of a starting Liverpool defender in Simicas for potentially a couple of weeks maybe more as a side note I saw him swing in a wonderful cross um, to set up one of Greece's goals last week, which just further nudges him into contention. But you know the drill. Now, one player on the get rid list uh, this week, forgetting about injuries and uh, suspensions and all that jazz, but it's uh, Pape Saar for Spurs. Um, his ownership's around 50% in 10 team leagues. I think since that purple patch at the beginning, he's really looked uh, like threatening the opponent's goal and is definitely a drop for me now. I'll take many of the options if not all of the options that I've mentioned earlier in this episode over him. Shouldn't be too hard to drop, as he would have only been away for pick-up for any owners, so hopefully not too much invested. On to trade-in. My sell-high player this week is Raheem Sterling. His stock is high again after another performance against one of the worst teams in the league. So far, he has six attacking returns, and they've all come from a game against Luton and the game against Burnley last weekend. All other appearances have been fruitless. Now, Chelsea don't play another newly promoted team now until just before Christmas, so why not offload him and let somebody else carry him through an inevitable run of disappointing displays over the next couple of months? On the buy-low list, uh, can't really keep uh, Nicholas Jackson on there after his goal, and I would probably just uh, maintain Jao Pedro on the list, who I mentioned last week. Um, Nothing to show for his performance against Liverpool, but a good performance, and I still rate him highly. Now, I was involved in a trade in my main league this week, a strange one as trades go. As I was offered a deal, we ended up uh, discussing some changes and eventually circled back and actually settled for the very first proposal that was put on the table. So it was a two for two. Um, I am now the proud owner of Pedro Porro and Brian Bumo, and my rival now has Tarkovsky and Louis Diaz. I should say for context, I have Salah and have been looking to move Louis Diaz on for a little while. And uh, the other party in the deal had Udogi and Pedro Porro. So again, had been looking to try and differentiate a bit there for a little while. I'm happy. He's happy. The league are unhappy as they think I got too good a deal. Feel free to weigh in too. Um, comment on the uh, on the Twitter post for this pod link. But as I said, context is key with these deals and uh, both of us are happy. <laughs> 
So that is it for this episode. A reminder that the waiver deadline this week is on Friday the 20th at the standard time of 11am UK time ahead of the Saturday lunchtime kickoff, which is the Merseyside Derby. A nudge for anyone that hasn't yet uh, signed up at draftfc.co.uk that for anyone, uh, any new signups, you will get a built-in two-week free trial to test it out and try before you buy. As I said, we've got the brand new fixture difficulty rater on there, which uh, literally got added yesterday. So we're continuing to make improvements and add new features as the season goes on. You get access to all of the ownership stats, uh, waivership moves, free agency swings that uh, that I mentioned in these episodes, um, all of our expected points model, optimal lineup, um, shows you your head-to-head matchup for the coming weekend, predicted lineups with all of your data added in, um, draft draft day data, my personal rankings, which I update now and again throughout the season, your global rank to show where your league uh, ranks itself amongst all other leagues in the world, plus your personal league analytics and live game week scores during the game week. What else could you want? If you're a fan of the podcast, make sure that you're following or subscribed on whichever platform you listen to so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Um, There are plans afoot to put a bit of a bonus episode out later this week um, in discussion with one of my Draft FC um, collaborators, um, say less of a game week preview chat and a bit more of a general chat. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Give us a follow on Twitter, or as it is now, X uh, at draft underscore FC. Um, keep up to date with all the comings and goings and it's also the easiest place to message us should you need to so best of luck ahead of game week nine and until next time stay shook sure.